Hello, and welcome to Mike, DJ, and Doc, the show that plants seeds for cultivating new culture. How you doing, family? We thankful for you tuning back in. Uh, first off, before we get started here tonight, I want to give a shout out to Dr. William Sullivan and also to DJ Cornerstone. Them guys are doing some special stuff outside tonight, but tonight we have a super duper special guest. Oh man, stop that. A childhood friend of mine, a, a guy who's doing a lot of great things in the community. And he's here tonight to share with us his powerful story. Now, tonight's episode is going to be titled Church, Prison, and Public Office. Story of Redemption, the Garland Mays story. Come on, give it up for Mr. Garland Mays. <laughs> All right, uh, Garland. <clears throat> No, thank Mr. you for Mays. having me. Thank you for having well, me. Which one should I call you? You need to call me Garland. <laughs> okay, Garland, Mr. Garland. <laughs> see, All right. see, see. I'm I'm over I'm overwhelmed by your no. your superstar stuff. But here here anyway, uh, he's the Will County Executive Engagement Coordinator. So this 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 uh, young man is doing a lot of great things, and he's working with the Will County, and. We're going to get to that part of his life a little bit later, but I just want to thank him, first of all, for taking out time out of his busy schedule to be on the podcast with us yeah, we, We've been trying to put this together for the last couple of weeks. It's just been a crazy few weeks. Uh, uh, it seemed like every time we plan something, uh, it, something else comes up. So I'm glad to be here. Yes, absolutely. Because like you said, those schedules have always been tough. Absolutely. But uh, let's go ahead and get started. Mr. Mays. Garland. <laughs> Garland. <laughs> See, it, it just feels weird. My grandfather, my grandfather was Mr. and Sir, so I just call it's, me Garland. You know, just it just feels, it feels so we weird. We grew up together. We, I, I've been knowing you since, what, five, six years old? Exactly. I mean, we go and back. And you're older than me. We go back. <laughs> we go all the way back to 454 East Cash Street. Absolutely. So, most of our family that's tuned in, if you know anything about 454 East Cash Street, you know that used to be the housing place of Prayer Tower Church of God in Christ. Mm -hmm. And this is that is where I first met Mr. Garland. Mm -hmm. uh, our family joined that church down there, and his family founded the church. His late uncle. My great uncle. Great uncle. Robert Lee Doors. Robert Lee Doors founded mm -hmm. Prayer Tower Church of God in Christ. Yeah. And I, I tell you what, he was a remarkable man. Phenomenal. Remarkable. Phenomenal. And uh, I mean, if we look at all of your uncles mm -hmm. and different ones in your family, your Uncle Willie D, mm -hmm. your Uncle Lee Chester. Yeah. And of course, the affectionate one, Elder Warren. No, our granddaddy, my granddaddy. What we yeah. affectionately call Pawpaw. Mm -hmm. Uh one thing that is demonstrated in each one of them that I grew up with looking up to all those different men and stuff, along with my dad and all those ones that was down there, was they all had leadership qualities. Absolutely. Leadership qualities. I mean, the Doris family is known as leaders. Well, I think that leadership was developed back in the, in the days when I known in Mississippi. You know, mm -hmm. they came up through a time where, you know— uh, uh, it was some really hard times back in the days. Mm -hmm. And so that's how they came up. Uh, um, 
being able to be leaders because mm-hmm. they they had to learn certain mm-hmm. survival skills early on in in, in a young age. Mm-hmm. Also had a, a, another uncle named uh, Joe, uh, my uncle Joe Doris. He was a pastor okay. out in out in California. He looked mm-hmm. I, him and my grandfather were identical twins. It seemed like to me. Wow. And so you know you know growing up in that uh, in, in an age of segregation and racism and and everything like that, you know, they mm-hmm. had to to be hard. They had to be men uh, above men, you mm-hmm. know, and so that's where they got those qualities from, I believe. Yes, and it, like I said, it carried over into public service, yeah. you know. Yeah. So, I mean, take us back to your childhood. I mean, how did, how was it like growing up in uh, Elder well, Warren's house? It was a great time. I mean, you know, I, you know, I, my brother and I, we moved into my grandparents' house. I think I was three and my brother was four years old. You know, my mother and father, they had split up, and and so it was best for us uh, to move in um, 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 with them. Mm-hmm. And then uh, uh, we lived in a, in a, it seemed like a big house, but it was a small house because my Aunt Dola was there, was still there. My Aunt Sherry was there. Uh-huh. Warren, my Uncle Warren, my pastor Warren Doris, he had just uh, uh, left. Uh, like I, we were coming in, he was going out the door okay. to start his life. Um, you know, so it was all good memories. I never had uh, uh, any bad memories out of that house, you know, you know, and you couldn't have told us we were poor or anything like mm-hmm. that growing up. Uh, never missed a day without having food on the table, and mm-hmm. and and my grandmother never worked a day. Well, she never worked outside of the house. You know, my grandmother Margaret Doris. You know, she uh, she was she raised. She had seven children of her own, and then raised two more, including my brother and I, and then mm-hmm. raised numerous others that through mm-hmm. whether it's grandkids or godchildren or whatever the case may be. And, and you know, you even know if you ever came there, you had you you got a plate of food to eat. You oh, know, yes. she always welcomed everybody uh inside those walls. So, Very loving and sweet. Yeah, lady. Most definitely. Yes. because all of my time that I have spent over there, I mean we we enjoyed being over there and spending time with absolutely. your grandparents because you know they was like grandparents to everybody. Absolutely, you know. So everybody knew Papa. Everybody, everybody knew Papa. And everybody called him Papa. So <laughs> uh, you know, everybody called him. You know, they Mister Doris or whatever. But a lot of people called everybody just gravitated called him Papa because he played with everybody. He would mm-hmm. he would pick and he would pick with everybody. You know. Oh yes. He would always. You know, my grandfather was a uh, World War Two veteran. Mm-hmm. Purple Heart, and he had lost a couple fingers in the war. Mm-hmm. And so that's why he had three fingers on one hand, and he would always just nudge people with it <laughs> and, and grab people. He probably grabbed you a few times. Oh, I know yeah, he did. grab you and be rubbing mm-hmm. that thing behind yeah, your head. And yeah, stuff. Yes. So, but that was just him. You know, he he he, he teased and played with uh, everybody. And mm-hmm. that was just his nature, man, and. And so uh, he was just—he was just a different guy. Mm-hmm. I tell you what, one, one story comes to mind. I don't know if you remember this, but one evening we were going with you and uh, Papa and Sister Margaret over to a church in Harvey. Mm-hmm. My brother and my, my myself, uh, mm-hmm. Rodney and myself. And I don't know if you remember this, Kyrie, because everybody knew the. Papa drove some bad rides. Oh, he yeah, nice he, ride. he always, yes, he did. But this particular one was one right after he got rid of that Black Park Avenue. 
I don't know if you remember the black Buick Park. The black and gray one? Not the black and gray. Yes, the black and gray one. That's right. He had a black and gray Park Park Avenue. Avenue. Yeah, the black and gray. That was the baddest one in Joliet. It was the only one in Joliet that Mm -hmm. liked that. And then shortly after that, he bought a uh, smaller. Oldsmobile. uh, He bought a blue and white Oldsmobile. And then he bought a, uh, uh, he went back to Buick. He bought another Park Avenue with Mm -hmm. with the gray top on it. And then he was like, forget, I'm going to Cadillac, so. Right. So I, I remember that particular time that we went over there and we we hung out with y'all and spent time with y'all outside of church and stuff. And so mm-hmm. that was great. So I tell you what, tell us a little bit more about, like, after your life, after you got in high school. What was that like now? Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm-mm. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. <clears throat> Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. <sighs> Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Ugh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. What do you mean life after high school? I mean, Uh, I went to Joliet West. You know, you know, I you know, I couldn't be a porter like other people. You know, know, I had I had to to go to a better school, go Tigers, (laughs) and and so it was a good time. You know, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, high school was just regular to me. You Mm -hmm. know, and growing up, you know, in the church, you know, that was always mandatory. You go to church. Mm -hmm. I remember some days we'd go to church, seem like we'd never get out of church. Mm -hmm. We'd go to Sunday school, church, YPWW, late night service. Mm -hmm. It seemed like only time we left church was to come home and eat and go right back to church. And then, God forbid, you got caught up in a revival. (laughs) Uh, You you get somebody like Elder Gordon come there, turn a one-week revival into a whole month revival. (laughs) And you're sitting on the back pews trying to do your homework and Mm-hmm. And, and man, revival eleven, twelve o'clock at night is just oh man! I, I, I <laughs> you remember those oh, days? Oh yes, I you do. remember those days, man. Very it much. was it was different, man. But high school was good, you know. Uh, uh, you know, uh, class of nineteen eighty eight. You know, um, mm-hmm. played a little football there. Mm-hmm. Um, couldn't play basketball. Thought I could. I tried to play. Couldn't couldn't play at all. Speaking of a basketball story, do you remember the time we were playing basketball? Mm-hmm. And you know your father, you know he had a statue that that was just none other than nobody else. He, uh-huh. you know, just tall and strong. You could tell he just worked hard. And remember that time we were playing basketball over your house, and mm-hmm. he killed that cow. Oh, yeah. And he, okay. he pulled up. He said, "Michael Rodney, come on." Uh-huh. I think Rodney got to crying. And uh-huh. I'm sitting out there on the basketball court where we would, you know, in the rocks playing on the basketball court. You go jump on the tractor, mm-hmm. and and he went out there and shot that cow. Okay, so okay, let me bring, <laughs> let's bring the family up so they so they know what we're talking about, so they won't be in the dark. Here's here's the story he's referring to, because like I said, it's a lasting memory. Anyway, when we grew up, uh, my my 
we had a home out there in the country part of Joliet. Mm-hmm. It was like an unincorporated uh, Lockport Township. Lock, yeah. So we actually did a little pig farming. Yeah. And we did a little uh, Angus beef farming. Yeah. We didn't have a whole bunch of chickens and stuff like that. But yeah. We did that, but actually growing up in that growing up in that time. We actually used to slaughter some of our Absolutely. own beef for our own pigs. Mm-hmm. And because my dad and them, like you said, just out of Mississippi, they come from down they there come where, from that. They where come they from did that. that. They was hunters and, and they did their own uh, dressing up mm-hmm. and different things like that. Well, that was something that Garland hadn't re- uh, I've seen never, before. I've never seen that. I had never mm-hmm. seen that before. It was common to me and my younger brother. And so... At the time, we wanted to go play. Well, Dad stepped in and said, "No, you need to come help us get this this uh, calf ready or this mm-hmm. this uh, cow ready." So when they <laughs> seen that kind of stuff, <laughs> they was like taken aback, like, "What? Is, what is he doing?" But that's what it was. See, we like I said, we raised our own beef and our, we had our own garden stuff. Only it's sometimes in life, well, back then. We only went to the grocery store just to get salt and pepper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, <laughs> you know, that's it. And, and, and when I saw it, when I saw it, you know, because <laughs> the cow came right over, right where we were playing basketball. They drug him, you drug him over there by the tractor. <laughs> and and I was never, I was never afraid. I, you know, I would look at your father. He was, he was, he was really a nice guy, but mm. he, the, he just looked like he was just. You know, he just didn't play. He just he just didn't play, man. Uh-huh. And 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 but it was his stature. Mm-hmm. It was his yes. stature. But he's really a nice, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, man, when he grabbed that cow after he shot the cow, mm-hmm. and then uh, you know tried to tried to put out his misery, and then he said, "I know what's wrong with it." He grabbed that knife and cut the cut cut. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I, I, I think I took off running. I took off running. I, I didn't eat beef for a long time. <laughs> I would not. I, I was almost. I'm telling you, I went vegan. You went vegan for I a moment. I vegan, up. man. I, I, I did not want anything to do with beef or anything. Man. My grandparents laughed at me so hard. Because <laughs> your grandparents, they all knew about that because mm-hmm. they come from the same area. Absolutely. And see, here, here's, here's the thing about it. And, and like, the first time me and my brother witnessed it, we thought that was cruel. Absolutely. We said, That's, what is going on? Yeah, that was the but, way of living. But my father told me this. He said, when you go to the store and pick it up, somebody had to do that before somebody it got in the store. Somebody had to do it before you, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. It, it's the same thing. It's Absolutely. just we did it on our own farm. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> let's move on. Because <laughs> you don't want Peter calling us up now. Right, <laughs> let's, right, let's right, right. <laughs> so after you, you say you play a little football and then you – after football, then what do you do after that? Oh, what are you talking about? College? Yeah, after college. I went on. I, I played a year, a little bit over a year at Olivet Nazarene. Um, and I got a partial scholarship there. Mm-hmm. Played there for a little bit, and um, um, yeah, that was you know Olivet Nazarene. It was a different college, mm-hmm. you know. And I thought I wanted to, you know, continue on playing, and then I got hurt, mm-hmm. you know, and went through that process and. You know, my grandparents didn't have, uh, you know, money to send me to college or anything like that, and I didn't want to take from them. So, um, when they were talked, when I talked to the head coach up there, and he was, told me they were pulling my part scholarship, mm-hmm. and you know, even looking at what I was going to owe on with a part scholarship, mm-hmm. I knew it was, it was time to go. I see. I knew, and then I, I thought about going to JUCO and. 
things like that. I think I'd signed up for a couple classes. And my mm. grandfather really, uh, at one point in time, I had um, had actually also uh, uh, was looking at going into the military. But my grandfather, refu- he, he did not want me going into the military. Oh, really? No. Mm. He, he, you know, the things he endured while he was mm-hmm. in war. And, you know, he enlisted early. You know, mm-hmm. he gave it you know, kind of went in early and, and, uh, you know, he thought that, you know, a lot of, a lot of black men in the South thought if you go to the army, uh, mm-hmm. you'll come back and life would be different for you. Right. Well, that wasn't the case. You know, mm-hmm. my grandfather went over there, got injured and came back. And, and when he, soon as he got off the train, he was told you left and you will come back as a, mm-hmm. you I know, see. and, and, and so, and uh, and and the thought of me going to war or anything like that—that's just something that he didn't want to do. And I, hindsight of it, you know, I, I was probably one of the biggest mistakes I made. You know, I always listened to my grandfather, mm-hmm. uh, but I should—I should have been disobedient because I really wanted to go to the service. I really oh. wanted to. Mm-hmm. Uh, I and I was talking about going to the service even mm-hmm. when I was in high school, and, was, okay. I, and I was talked out of it. But I had always wanted to go to the service, but just unfortunately, I never went. So, mm. okay. Well, after that, like you said, so now this point in your life, you out of college, you're not going to the military. I mean, you're looking for work or something. I mean, no, you know, you you. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I wasn't looking for work. I think I, I, when I came, when I finally came home, I met up with some guys that they were doing different things in the streets. And, 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 you know, I had not grown up with them, but knew of them mm-hmm. and everything like that. And so as, as it went on, you know, I did a little construction here and there because I was, I did do a little step with Local 150 mm-hmm. as an apprentice. But then the street life just really, you know, kind of said, okay, I gravitated towards the street life. You know, you come from, and it's not like I never had, you know, went without anything, but mm-hmm. then. Looking at some of my friends and what they had, you know, the nice cars, the money, the jewelry, the the women, mm-hmm. you know, that was just like, okay, um, yeah, let me let me look into this and and easily gravitated towards that. And that's what a lot of our kids do now. They see mm-hmm. the life of, mm-hmm. uh, of 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 fame and fortune and mm-hmm. they gravitate to it. And so I got uh heavily involved into the drug game. And uh, so, um, you know, uh, that was my life for a few years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you mentioned, like you said, the kids are drawn to the, like you said, the rock star lifestyle. Yeah, it was a rock star lifestyle. Yes. You know, I mean, you look at it, you know, I mean, you know, uh, you know, hindsight, what I know now, <laughs> if I knew that back then, mm-hmm. if I knew it back then, you know, we always say that. But, you know, back then being young and, and dumb and, and, and you know, and so mm-hmm. that gravitated into the, the, the drug and, and, and the, the drug game, you know, and, you know, and self-professed, self-professed uh, uh, gangster, you know. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, I, you know, I made a lot of money in the drug game. Mm-hmm. I, I drove a lot of cars. I was, uh, I think it was 20 years old by the time I, I mean, it ha- happened so fast. Mm-hmm. You know, I bought my first Audi 5000S. I had my, uh, had an apartment mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, on the west side, a fully furnished apartment. You know, I had access to money, more money than I ever seen. You know, mm-hmm. 
I, you know, I probably wasn't even wearing the same clothes every day. You know, I was <laughs> switching them up, just huh? switch up, just get tired and get rid of it. So, you know, um, you know, I had, I had several other cars that people didn't even know we had. Mm-hmm. You know, little, you know, in you know, cars that we would drive around and people wouldn't even know we had. So it was, it was, it was, it was a different lifestyle. You know, so pretty much at this point in time, you really, you really live in the. Big baller lifestyle. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Across yeah. the board from yeah, top to bottom. Yeah. At least I thought I was. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you couldn't tell me nothing. You know, I had the, I had the money, I had the cars. You know, I had the place. I had mm-hmm. the, you know. So, so let me ask you this. So what, what did uh, uh, what did some of your family members think? Oh, well, of course. You know. Oh, well, the first one that really found out was my grandmother. She found a lot of money in the house because. I was mm-hmm. actually I, I remember I came over there and and uh, had a jacket on and hung it up in the utility room mm-hmm. and uh, not even thinking or anything like that and I think I went over there to uh, I can't even remember probably to eat or something like that and mm-hmm. you know your grandmother she they, she just she just knew something was wrong because she just knew something <laughs> she was wrong it, yeah. she could sense it. And so she goes in the utility room. She goes in my jacket. And I had, a, you know, I probably had a couple thousand dollars in my jacket, and mm-hmm. you know, and everything like that. And where'd you get this money from? And this, 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 that, and, mm-hmm. you know. And so she was really hurt behind it. She knew, mm-hmm. she knew. And then people had started saying certain certain things, and she wouldn't believe it. But it, you know, that's. But she knew, mm-hmm. she knew. And uh, I, I, I had, I had, I had admitted to her right then and there, and I, I broke her heart. Mm. I broke her heart right then and there. And mm-hmm. um, I remember a few days later, I sent her like two dozen roses, you know, because mm-hmm. I knew I had hurt her. And, you know, the, but, you know, by then I was, you know, I hurt my grandfather too, you know, mm-hmm. I hurt my family. But by then I was so focused on uh, uh, making money, mm-hmm. you know, that, right. and mm-hmm. then, you know, that's just what it was, you know. Wow. So, I mean, so after that, I mean, pretty much, was you staying there at the time, or was no, you... no, I was, I was basically out of the house. I, I basically out of the house. I had places to stay, mm-hmm. even when I stayed there, you know. I I, see. But I was, I was out of the house by mm-hmm. then. Yeah, I was out of the house. So, tell me, it's about how many years did this go on, or whatever? Oh. Pretty much. It it went fast. <laughs> it went fast. Oh, uh, three, four years, four, maybe five years. Five, yeah, about four years, five years. Yeah. Okay, five years. Uh, wow, something like that. Because you know, it 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 went fast. I didn't play a whole. Uh, let's see. Yeah, about five, about four, about and five, five years. years. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm sure pretty much by this time too, people around town, not only your family, but. It's law enforcement had to be aware oh, of some yeah, stuff too. They knew, they knew. You knew. <laughs> Even you knew. Well, yeah. You know, of course and, I knew, and, but yeah, yeah. And then, you know, there was good times and bad times in the streets, you know, and and and, and you know, um, you know, you had your high and low moments, you know, and stuff like that. It wasn't always gravy train. Mm-hmm. It was you know, in 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 that type of game, you know, you can be flying high one minute and then next minute you 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 fall off, and then, you know, I caught myself stopping and, and saying, okay, you know, I'm, a, you know, work construction and everything like that, mm-hmm. get my life in order and stuff like that, and 
And I tried that. I really did. I, mm-hmm. I you know, I, I was working as an apprentice, um, uh, local 150 and, and, um, you know, but it was, it was the call of, you know, and I mm-hmm. was making pretty good money. I got fired from, I remember last time I got fired from, uh, last, uh, uh, place I was working at and it wasn't even my fault. And I was just like, you know what? I'm never working for nobody else again. I'm going back to the street. Mm. And, um, and that's what I did, and that was probably that. What it wasn't even probably it was the worst mistake I made. Yeah. No kidding. So after pretty much the job said you after after you had that issue on the job, and they like you said fired you. Like you know what? It's got to be a better way than this, and this show ain't yeah, working said, out uh, here. So I'm not going. And then the person that fired me looked like me. And, and, and you know, wow. you know, and that's what's really, 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 you that's know. A, shoot, and, we can and, go into that. That's yeah, probably a whole nother show, a whole right? Different story, yeah, but right. you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, you know, uh, you know. But it was, it was very hurtful, you mm-hmm. know. And so I was mad. I was mad. I said, I'm going back. And so I got back fast. Mm-hmm. And uh, by the end, uh, you know, I, I had already had uh, two kids and. Mm-hmm. Um, by two different people and uh, two different women, and mm-hmm. you know, I was living with my um, my uh, my son's one of my son's mother, and we had a nice house, a nice apartment, rather. Mm-hmm. She had a nice car, I had a nice car, but you know, it was it was back on again. So. Mm-hmm. I see. So, tell me, at this point in time, like I say, you rolling and stuff. Did and law enforcement is all. Knowing what's going on and your friends and everybody, I couldn't drive. I, I I got pulled over like every other day. So yeah. <laughs> so they they knew you. Oh yeah, they mm-hmm. knew they knew who I was. I I my I had a Buick. I couldn't even drive it. I let, used to let everybody else drive because every time I drove, I got pulled over. And mm-hmm. so. Well, out of all of that, did you ever get pinched on anything? What do you mean pinched? I mean, did you ever get caught with anything? No, I never got caught with drugs. No. I never got caught with drugs. Hmm. I was convicted of of a conspiracy to, to oh, okay. I was convicted of a consp- uh, I <laughs> I was convicted of conspiracy to distribute cocaine. Oh, a conspiracy. A conspiracy, meaning that they knew that I was in the area to and I conspired the person that was working for me and I was in the area and I conspired to deliver cocaine, but I was never ever caught with so that any substance that almost sound like that was Rico that they used on the mob, huh? Yeah, they just knew I was had something to do with it, but mm-hmm. they, you know, I had also had an, uh, you know, that was that was their case on me. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. But it was it was a conspiracy. It was never, I never had a delivery charge or got caught with a possession. It was a conspiracy. All right. And I, I received seven years for a conspiracy. Hello, everyone. This is Mike. Please come back for the second half of my interview with Mr. Garland Mays on October 21st. If you have any questions for Doc, DJ, or Mike, please go to MikeDJandDoc.com. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. New episodes released on the 7th and 21st of each month. Matthew 25 and 40, Good News Translation, The King Will Reply. I tell you, whenever you did this for one of the least important of these followers of mine, you did it for me. We leave you with this question. Am I helping at least one person? The Mike DJ and Doc podcast is brought to you by Silver Cup Investments. Recorded at Audio High Podcasting.